Hello, I'm Grayson Brulte, and welcome to another episode of SAE Tomorrow Today. If you haven't already, please kindly take a moment to follow and be notified when a new episode is released. SAE Tomorrow Today is published every Thursday. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to have Alex Rupriest, Director, Business Segment, Driveline Electrification Continental, and Christian Flette, Founder and CEO of Alterio. On today's episode, we discussed frictionless automated EV charging and why that is the future of electric vehicle charging. We hope you enjoy this episode. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, hello. Thank you for having us. Hi. I'm really excited to have you gentlemen here because EV charging is growing, EV charging is changing, and you gentlemen have immense amount of experience in EV charging, so I can't wait for you to pull back the curtain. And to kick things off, Christian, I'd love to know from your standpoint, what is the current state of electric vehicle charging globally? Yeah, so since electric mobility is getting more and more important and is gaining market shares, also charging is getting a big issue. And I think still charging of electric vehicles is one of the biggest hurdles which must be overcome and also very important therefore for a high adoption of electric vehicles. And charging should be as easy as parking. So this is also what our vision is. And at the moment, we have many different types of connectors and standards, and this is not the most user-friendly thing at the moment. I like that. Charging should be as easy as parking. Alex, That should you could scale that across the world. Everybody can understand. You can park your car. You can charge your car. Today, we're not there, but we will get there. How do you see the market evolving until we get to that vision that, that Christian rightly pointed out? In the next in the next five years, um, we will see an, a massive increase of, of uh, a need of charging points, and um, this will also have a massive impact on the infrastructure because you need to provide the electricity, and if we can do this automatically and the cars are um, more often connected to the grid for charging, that will also help um, to sort out this issue with the grid, and that's the reason why we believe in this automatic conductive charging solutions because it helps the, the driver yeah because you do not have to think about charging and it helps the infrastructure to get to deal with this massive power you would need it's it's really amazing the role that infrastructure plays in the whole shift to electrification it's not talked about enough so thank you for highlighting that because there has to be a solution christian you founded Flotario in 2016 did you see what Alex described as, wait a second, the infrastructure has to change, it has to be upgraded, or what did you see in the market that time said, now's the right time to launch Volterio? Yeah, so back then in 2016, I, for me personally, I was already quite convinced that the future will be electric and also that, for example, fuel cell vehicles have too many downsides, especially in terms of cost. And therefore, yeah, because the combustion engine is reaching basically a point where we have to change something so we cannot burn any more fossil fuels. And therefore, for me, it was quite obvious that the solution of fully electric vehicles already in 2016. But back then, of course, the market was not ready enough. So it was the right time to start with such a company 
and being the first on the market with such a system and to have enough IP on such a system, how such a system could look like. And this was basically yeah, the right time to start such a company and now we have already a quite mature product which now together with our partner Continental can be transferred to an automotive quality product. And therefore it is exactly the right time to be with such a product on the market and yeah, because now there are enough electric vehicles and we have now this yeah, huge market penetration which is gaining momentum every year. Do you feel that your IP portfolio is, was one of your early advantages early on that you took the time to secure the IP as the market matured? Yeah, definitely, because if somebody wants now to start with a similar solution or if it is really just anything which plugs to the car's underbody, for example, there is already so many patents applied for from so many different companies and it's getting harder and harder to, yeah, to develop something like this without violating any IP of any other companies. And we have really very fundamental IP of such a system. And therefore, it was important to be basically one of the first companies which were thinking about such a system like this. You, you built a healthy moat, and now you have a, a wonderful partner in Continental that knows how to make exceptionally incredible automotive-grade parts for vehicles. Alex, how did the relationship between Continental and Voterio first begin? Well, this was about um, almost four years ago. And um, yeah, it was an, an approach from a major OEM here in Germany who asked us if we could take a look on on this charging robot. And because we from Continental Engineering Services, we are taking care about all this uh, niche applications, feasibility studies. So all the topics which are at the beginning, not a high volume, uh, they asked us if we could take a look on the design of the Volterio charging robot and um, yeah, investigate how to industrialize, industrialize it, so to make it available for, for high volumes. And this is how we started. We, we built the first sample, did some analysis, and then it went a little bit quiet. And, but um, I think one and a half years ago, we started again with talking a little bit more, and uh, we generated this collaboration that we have now. That's the power of the network and the power of relationships that brought it together. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Christian, how would you describe to listener the automated charging robots for electric vehicles that you're jointly developing with Continental? How would you describe it? Like if somebody thinks a robot, they think of Rosie from the Jetson. She comes and plugs it in, but yours is a lot different. It's a lot cooler. How would you describe it to a listener? Yeah, so basically, maybe the term robot for such a system could be even confusing because it does not look like what most people think when they hear robot. So from a visual standpoint, it is more like an inductive charging system where you just have a quite compact ground bed which just lays on the ground. But... Basically, this is the robot. It looks like inductive charging, but it is a real conductive connection. And basically, it does the same as if anybody plugs in manually a cable. This is done now automatically by a robot, 
where, which connects directly to a small unit which is integrated in the car's underbody. And therefore, we have basically no losses due to this conductive connection. And yeah, and it's very compact because any other robotic solution, if you think about any side coupling systems, there are also several companies working on such concepts where you have a robot which plugs to the conventional side inlet. All of these systems are very huge and take up a lot of space. Most garages and users, especially end customers, don't even have enough space for such a system. And our solution is very compact. It looks like inductive charging, but it's not. It really combines the advantages of manual plugging with a fully automated system. That I have a Roomba and she goes around the house and, and mops all the floors, but I can't step on her because she would break. So is this very similar to an industrial version of the Roomba that lives in your, in your garage? Vehicle comes in, the Roomba comes out, goes underneath the vehicle, makes the connection. Is that very similar how it works? Kind of, but our solution is more stationary. So it's not driving around in the garage. It has its fixed position and the entire robot is just moving, rotating to the left and right a few degrees and the robotic arm can move forward and backwards and therefore it can reach a certain working envelope, which is quite huge compared to any inductive system and therefore you don't have to pack precisely. But yeah, in terms of size, it's, I would say, not much bigger than a bigger vacuum cleaning robot. So, so there's a lot of distraction in the world now. You see all the public statistics, any uh, government organization or, or non-governmental organization around distracted driving people around their phones. Somebody's pulling in their garage and they're not paying attention and they run over the robot. What happens? Nothing, basically. So of course, it must be designed in a way that it can withstand easily the weight of a vehicle. So basically, the robot has wheels on its underbody for doing this rotational movement as described before, and they all have some kind of suspension. So if you overdrive it accidentally, the weight of the car is then evenly distributed over the full surface of the robot. And of course, things like this will happen at some point. And therefore, it's of course one of the design goals that it must be overdrivable. Alex, is that where Continental comes in? I'll use the word. Continental has great engineering shops. You know how to make automotive grade. You know how to make durable products. Is that where your expertise in engineering comes in as Christian develops this new technology and you want to say, put the continental seal on it and the, and the continental, you know, awesomeness of, of reliability. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, our brand continental stands always for high quality and for the, for the charging robot at the end, we would need um, two different uh, components. One component is mounted directly into the car with the, with the uh, connector. And for sure, this um, unit needs to fulfill all the automotive standards. Yeah, and um, it needs to be protected against um, yeah, water, salt spray and anything. So it will be closed during driving. And it needs to follow all the cybersecurity requirements, all the functional safety management requirements that we are facing usually in the automotive industry. So and here we are extremely well prepared for, for such kind of product. 
And on the other side, we have the ground unit, which is more kind of a householder appliance, yeah. But it needs also be, uh, yeah, very good quality and it needs to be affordable. And this is something where we can put in some automotive components as well. Even if we do not have to follow all the standards usually for, for such kind of application, but we will to um, increase quality and reduce costs. There's, there's millions of EVs globally on the road today which raises the question, can this system be as an aftermarket option or would this be something in the future that when you're designing your vehicle at a dealer, you'll check a box and add it? How will that work? Yeah, it, it will be um, available as a kind of a retrofit uh, solution. For sure, you're, you're, you will not be able to do it on your own. So you, you need some support from a garage yeah, to install it into the, into the car. And it will be available directly for the OEMs that you can take the option um, when you buy a new car and then you will have it just with your vehicle. And Christian, as a developer of this technology, from an aftermarket perspective, what has to be done to enable this? Yeah, basically, you need enough space on the vehicle's underbody, but because our unit is so small, we have not found any vehicle where it was not possible to fit the vehicle unit to it. So because of the compact shape, you just need a mounting bracket. And then electric-wise, it's basically the same as the normal charging inlet. So then it can go directly to the onboard charger, or you can switch between the side inlet and the underbody unit. So it's still quite simple. And yeah, and therefore it's quite easy to retrofit cars. So we have retrofitted cars from several brands already for testing purpose, and this worked out quite well. With the ease of use, Christian, from the aftermarket perspective, do you see that being a growing market for you initially, since it's very, you have a professional garage installed, but there's not a lot of hoops and hurdles. Do you see that as a growing market for you, aftermarket? Yeah, definitely. So we already have also a partner for the aftermarket business. And with this partner, we can direct, directly address also several brands where they are quite close to these brands. And therefore, yeah, this will work out. And also they see a huge potential also in the aftermarket business, especially also for cars, which are already available on the market, especially more on the premium segment where the customer wants to have a really hassle-free and easy charging experience. And they are also willing to pay for it. Anytime you can eliminate friction, increase efficiencies, there'll always be a buyer for your product. And let's just say, Mr. Buyer or Mrs. Buyer, put your system on, they go to a, um, a garage, they get it installed professionally, and they're driving through rain or snow, and they pull into their garage at the end of their journey. Can the vehicle still charge the system, or do they have to wait for the underbelly of the vehicle to get dry? How does that work? Yeah, so basically our system is a connector on the vehicle's underbody, which is fully protected by a cover, which is moved sideways, and therefore it does not matter. So even if you're driving in snowy, rainy conditions with salty water, the connector is always protected, and just right before the automatic connection happens with the robot, this vehicle unit opens, and therefore there is no chance that any dirt could get into the connection system. That's smart. Alex, is that where the Continental Engineering chops came in from your automotive experience? 
Well, this is not a typical application that we have in, in Continental's product portfolio. But nevertheless, we, we know how to deal with uh, small electric um, motors to open and close the, the vehicle unit, for example. And, and this helps a lot. Yeah, And it might be that we even need to think about a kind of a a kind of a protection that if somebody is below the car and would like to put the, the hand between the two connectors that we detect this uh, to avoid that somebody is getting hurt. It's most unlikely that this will happen, but you know what is possible, it will happen at least once. And, and here we have some protection algorithm which are coming out of the, of the windows, which we can reuse. When this product is, Alex, is, is fully commercialized, who's the target market? Yeah, first of all, the target market is um, for us uh, passenger OEMs for the beginning and uh, the tuning providers for retrofit. But there might be some additional opportunities for doing public charging with the system as well. So as soon as we have a higher market penetration with the vehicle unit, it might be even beneficial to have a yes, different version of the ground unit on, on public car parks. Christian, when it goes from the personally owned garage to the public parking garages. How is the infrastructure going to have to change? Yeah, so basically our system is just an extension to any existing charging infrastructure. So it's the automatic connection device. For home use case and garages, we have our Volterio home solution where we focus on really easy installation. So you just place the robot on the ground. But for public charging, especially when it comes to street charging, we also have a different variant of robot where the entire system is then flush integrated in the ground. But it uses the same communication and will be fully compatible with the home system. So we have to distinguish clearly between different use cases. Home charging is different than public charging also in terms of requirements and how such a system should look like. Integrated into the ground is really smart because then you could, the, the parking garage owner or the municipality control street can reuse that space. And then from, you're seeing a lot of movement in cities around the world with eyesores. They don't want the public, the large charging poles. And so you, you give the best of both worlds. You eliminate the eyesore and give the public the ability to charge. Is that a fair statement? Exactly. Yeah. So this is also the vision. Then we can replace these charging pillars and we have no cables hanging around. It's just a very clean, integrated solution. And I think that's the ideal case of any charging infrastructure, that it is kind of invisible. That's that You said the key word there, in, invisible. And Alex, is, the system scales, the partnership scales. Will you add new types of vehicles that will be able to support this system or will it be limited to passenger vehicles or how, how will that work? No, it's not limited to, to passenger cars. Another use case would be one of this fully autonomous people mover. So this small kind of buses where maybe just six people fit in. And um, how crazy would it be if you have such a fully autonomous vehicle? but you need somebody who is taking care about charging of it. So best case is that this vehicle just stops um, somewhere on a, on a parking lot where we have a um, ground unit installed and it's getting connected and charged fully autonomous. Yeah, this, this should be the target. It should be the target because you bring up a great point. You're going to run an autonomous vehicle service, but then you need to have somebody plug it in. It's really not truly an, an autonomous service. Christian, with that being said, 
do you see the autonomous vehicle industry embracing and adapting the charging robot as a solution because it fits into where they're trying to go with the service that they're offering to the public? So at the moment, it's more a comfort solution, but when it comes to autonomous charging or autonomous driving, there needs to be a, any solution, anyhow. So, and the only choices which you have between wireless charging and any robotic solution, but we think compared to any other robotic charging solution, we are quite ahead. And therefore, yeah, I think it's quite clear what the future solution will look like. Alex, what are some of the advantages of, of using the charging robot versus wireless charging? Can the charging robot charge the vehicle faster? Is it safer? What are some of those advantages? There are many advantages. First of all is the efficiency. So with inductive charging, you have an issue that you lose some of the energy by transferring the energy from the ground unit to the vehicle unit. And in this case, we are talking about losses of 8 to 10%, which is quite significant. Second advantage is um, for the vehicle, the vehicle unit is much smaller and the weight is much less. And that makes it easier to integrate the system into the car. Yeah, and it helps also to increase a bit the range of the vehicle because you have not to carry that much weight with you. And the last topic is for sure also um, safety. If you're talking about inductive charging solutions, you, you always could have a patch between the two coils which is getting a little bit heated up, or you can have some material between the coils which could start burning. And these are all topics which are quite difficult to sort with inductive solution. And this is the reason why we think um, our solution, the solution together with Volterio, has so many benefits that it is much easier to get into the market. The increased range is a good one to point out. Go ahead, Christian. Yeah, and I think the biggest advantage is just cost in the end. So if you look at any interactive system, the biggest hurdle for them for a wide adoption is just cost. It's fundamentally expensive. That, that's a valid point. I have a friend, he went and looked at buying the new Mercedes EQS. And they and they did that. They, they tacked on a, a dealer tax. And then he finally got over that. And then they said to him, it'd be another $6,000 to put the charger in your house. He said, now... You're adding another $30,000 onto the vehicle. This is not fun. I'll just get the gas one. And so you're right. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to cost. Christian, when will the charging robot system become available to your customers? So this, of course, also depends on Continental. When we reach <laughs> this quality level where we can start really mass production. So maybe we have to ask Ruprecht for the final answer of this question, but for me, as early as possible. And also for our retrofit partner, they want to have the system basically yesterday. Alex, when's it coming? <laughs> um, yeah, of course. So as, as Christian said, um, it needs a little bit of time to uh, finalize the development, uh, to pass uh, quite a lot of, of uh, validation tests, uh, durability runs, things like that. Because at the end, we would like to, to build this product in a very high volume and nobody wants to get into a, a situation where we have to recall cars just because we have an issue on the, on the charging unit. Yeah? So it needs some time and actually we are targeting yeah, somewhere in 2025 when we are ready to, to go on the market. Yeah? It also depends a little bit on the, on the OEMs when they have a vehicle where we could fit in 
So it depends on our customers. But retrofit in 2025 should be possible. It's it's right around the corner. You close your eyes and it's, it's here tomorrow. Yeah. The partnership seemingly has come a long way, Alex. How do you see the partnership of Ontario evolving over the years? So you're going to hit the 2025 ship milestone. Then how do you see it evolving after you hit your first ship milestone? Yeah, for sure. We will continue in uh, doing adaptations for the different customers because it will not be the case that every customer takes the same vehicle unit. We know that out of our history, the customers usually have some specific specific requirements on software functionality on connectors um, to the car so this will continue and uh, it's just the beginning of of manufacturing in 2025 and usually vehicle programs are running over years and this is how we would like to continue christian how do you see the partnership evolving from your standpoint yeah so we are still I think the creative and innovative company, which comes up with new product ideas, and then we have our partner Continental, which does, so to say, the last step in the development and ensuring the automotive quality. And yeah, I think we will have the same approach also for our future products. And gentlemen, we've learned a lot about the future of EV charging. We learned about what's possible when two when an innovative company comes together with a world-class engineering organization and as we look to wrap up this insightful conversation what would you like our listeners to take away with them and alex we'll start with you first please this this collaboration between volterio and continental shows as you already said how an innovative company could work together with a very experienced high volume tier one like us and it it is for both sides uh, beneficial, yeah, because we are sometimes a little bit struggling with innovations. Yeah, we, we always fear a little bit to spend money to identify new business opportunities because we are not clear whether that, that will work out or not. And this collaboration shows um, it, it's perfect if such two companies are coming together. Christian, your thoughts, please. Yeah, I agree. And therefore, for example, for us, it would be the biggest problem how to convince OEMs, even if they really like our ideas. So we did pilots with many, many OEMs and they all like the product, but without having a big name in the background like Continental, which also can offer the warranty and which yeah, gives the necessary yeah, warranty and everything for the OEM. And this is really an important point for being successful on the market. And this could not be done by us alone. And therefore, it's so beneficial to have such a big tier one as a partner. It speaks volumes to the reputation of the Continental brand. And I'm happy that you two have come together to build something that's going to have a positive impact on millions of individuals around the world. Because today is tomorrow, tomorrow is today, and the future is automated electric vehicle charging. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on SAE tomorrow today. Yeah, thank you for, for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to SAE tomorrow today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week when I speak with the head of SAE Books, Sherry Negum. Sherry will talk about SE's award-winning quality content that advances mobility knowledge and solutions for the benefit of humanity. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. 
SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.